0: Hey friends, welcome to today's podcast. Today I am talking with my new friend, Ashley Carbonato, who is the author of the new book that is called More Than a Mom. Ashley and I have real conversations about what it was like to become moms, become stay-at-home moms, to leave our corporate jobs behind, and the things in motherhood that we felt like we were failing at and we talk about how important it is to build a community around you and that it is okay to have the feeling that you want to be more than just a mom. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there. I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of The Gold Digger Podcast. And I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions, no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm the Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited. I am so excited to have you and that we got connected through one of our good mutual friends. And I am so excited that you just released a book and called More Than Mom. And I cannot wait to chat with you about this because I feel like it is such a topic that so many women need in their lives today. But why don't you first just introduce yourself
1: and tell the listeners a little bit about you? So I am a mom of three, I've got two boys and a little girl, and I'm married to my college best friend, we've been married, it'll be 15 years, this spring, and I live in the suburbs and really am an everyday, run-of-the-mill, normal soccer mom, like that's, that's my day job, my night job, my weekend job, all the jobs. And then I've written a book. <laughs> Apparently I'm an author. I got to add an author to, to my, my resume. So yeah, I'm an, I'm an everyday, everyday mom.
0: Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and
1: what like led you to writing this book? So I Became so my oldest is 10. So I have been momming for over a decade now, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the first amongst my friends to have kids. So I didn't when I started having kids, when we started having kids, I didn't really have an example ahead mm-hmm. of me. Um I was in a successful career. I was a recruiter in the fashion industry. I loved it. I was really good at it, to be honest. Um, it really fit my natural giftings, which I didn't have language for that at the time, but, um, in hindsight, I recognized like I was really in my lane. And then when I became a mom, I always thought I would work and my heart just shifted mm-hmm. as, as things do. Right. And so I remember even, um, sitting in my boss's office and telling him that I was going to come back after my maternity leave, and fighting for my spot at the table and being like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still me. I'm just having a baby. It's going to be fine." And I didn't. <laughs> then, mm-hmm. it, and everything changed. And, um, and so when we made the family choice for me to kind of leave the formal working world. And stay home after the honeymoon period wore off. And all of a sudden I was like knee deep in crumbs and nap time and spit up and really just nothing for myself. I woke up one day and didn't even know who I was. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't, you know, I had, I had friends in that season, other new moms that I had made, but nobody was really like ahead of me that I had in my life showing and laying out, like, this is, this is how we're like, this is part of the path. This is part of the journey. This is what we're going to do. And it's going to be hard for a little while. And because it was such a struggle and I really, You know, I I realize now and I I write about this journey and this process in the book of, um, you know, motherhood really stripped me of all of the things and achievements and accolades and ways that I had received praise. Motherhood stripped that all away because I received Mm -hmm. a lot of that from working and from, you know, doing things in life that I was good at and i wasn't good at being a mom. <laughs> i had these little kids that just screamed at me all day long and nobody ever said thank you and my identity just went in the toilets. like mm-hmm. i so i didn't i just didn't know how to marry old ashley with mom ashley mm-hmm. and how i was going to um you know, find a way to really lean into who I was meant to be because so I was really good in the workplace, but I was, I found myself at home. Like I was at home, mm-hmm. I was in the workplace and all the jobs, daily tasks, like all of the chores, all of that was just a grind for me. And I felt like I was swimming upstream every single day. And I didn't really, like when I looked around it didn't feel like anybody else was struggling the way that I was struggling. It felt like everybody else was good at being a mom or they enjoyed it. And I just, I, I didn't, I loved my kids. I love my kids, but I just wasn't finding that joy in the tasks and in just my role in general, the way that I thought I would, like, I thought I would just transition into being a mom and this would be fun because that's what everybody said, right? At least mm-hmm. and I had that dream in my heart. I wanted to be a mom. I knew I wanted kids. But then when I got there, I was like, oh, this isn't really as fun as I thought. Yes. <laughs> I kind of want to do something else now. But I had all these kids that I had created. Mm-hmm. So that that sort of, um, you know, led me down this path of self-discovery and beginning To get back to basics and figuring out who I was and really whose I was and and beginning to rebuild each each part of my identity that was more than being, I put this in quotes, but just a mom because that's what it felt like. It felt like the end of me. Mm -hmm. I was just a mom now. That's all there was to me. Yep. I did drop off and pick up and nap time and play dates and things that really like made me want to poke my eyes out. Like, you know, being sensory bins of beans and like Pinterest projects made me want to just poke my eyes out. And I'm like, when's the good stuff? I want to like have adult conversations and do things. Mm hmm. So that's when I, that's when I started writing. And one day I just sat down at my computer, um, more as therapy than anything and just started writing and it just started flowing and it was really therapeutic. Like I could cry thinking about that girl, that mom that I was, cause it took me about two and a half years. Like I've been doing this, putting this project together, this book together for about two and a half years Um, and I just I poured my heart into these words and I didn't know at the time that it was going to be a book God sort of you know carefully crafted that um, through each step of the way but I had to start with the basics and I had to really just get honest with who I was and who I was created to be and what my current reality was
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and go from there. And that's how I sort of began writing all of the things. And then I realized when I looked back on those words, like, wait, I wanted somebody to tell me these things mm-hmm. years ago. Like, this is, I like, this is the book that I needed 10 years ago. Like somebody to, it's not a roadmap at all. It's not a how to guide by any means, but it's it's a story that I think a lot of us experience when we wake up one day in the middle of motherhood, not even knowing how we got there. Like I feeling like what's left. What's mm-hmm. left I've peaked. Yeah. I'm thirty something. I'm 20 something. And I've peaked like kids. I'm just, I'm just Brecken's mom now. Like, okay. Gone is now. Yeah. Me. yeah. I resonate with that so much because that
0: is uh, how my story is almost exactly like that Mm. to where I, after the first, I did go back to work, but I hated every second of being at my desk. And after my second, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to come back to work. And then postpartum and I got depression and anxiety so bad that I was like, I can't go back. And I was like, it'll just be three months and I'm going to go back and I'm going to go find a whole new career and all this stuff. And then I got in and I was like, I'm not doing it. But just like you said, I used to be good, like nannying and stuff in college of like coming up with the activities and doing all mm. these fun things. But then as a mom, like, I'm not good at that at all. Like, I'm not good at like, let's practice the words and the numbers. <laughs> I have friends that will be like, how do your kids like know these numbers and the, and shapes? And I'm like, Daniel Tiger. Yes. <laughs> like word world. I don't know. <laughs> like, not me. Because I I put them in front of the TV so that I could I don't know what and and when I look back at some of that time I was like what was I even doing Mm. because I was so lost just like you said like you were Mm. like I don't even know who I am anymore I used to be the person who had like all these ambitions and I wanted to do all these things until I realized like I got to find something that fills my bucket other than being like well I did all the chores for the day and meal plan, the food. Like I did all the checklists and that was not fulfilling to me at all either. And I was finally said to my husband, I was like, I got to have something that's outside of the house. Like I've got to go find a hobby, which was worship team for a while for me. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I was like, well, I still need something that's like mine that I can control. Um, And that's where some of my business in this podcast even came from.
1: I think Uh, that's so cool just because even you like – I think especially in Christian culture, that word that you just said, mine, like it can be really taboo mm-hmm. to have something that is yours feels really selfish and is not super celebrated at all. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, even though I felt that way and my husband was saying, yes, yes you should do that. I had all the permission and all the freedom, but I still felt so guilty about it. Mm-hmm. felt guilty paying for a babysitter because we don't have family locally um, to help with childcare or whatever. So I felt guilty paying for a babysitter if I, if it was just for a hobby, like I'm not going to bring in an income
0: mm-hmm.
1: to help with that. That's not okay. You know, like it, that's that tension of living in like mine, like having something for you and, and really truly like finding freedom in that is so hard. And that was really, that was one of the like bigger hurdles for me to overcome of like, I could say it for you. Like I would say, Michelle, yeah. Oh my gosh, go, go do whatever it is that you need to do. I could preach that to my friends all day long, but to believe it for myself And really feel free to be me, and recognize that I was actually like being a better mom Mm -hmm. when invested in me, regardless of the size of the paycheck that came with it. Like even if it was just a frivolous—it's not walking, taking a walk, or doing a run—but like you know, like all of those, it didn't didn't have to have a bottom line. It didn't have to be like this celebrated, productive achievement. It could just be whatever you wanted it. To. Like, it could just be going to the gym. It could mm-hmm. be whatever it is for you. Like I could just relax with permission to relax. Cause that's what was going to fill my bucket for the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think even circling back to like that word guilt that you talked about that, um, it's interesting because I've been on both sides of like you, I had a baby, went back to work. You were guilty for being at work. And then when you're home, I was guilty for like not enjoying it or feeling like I was maybe wasting away some of the years. But really when I look back and look at pictures, I did so much with my kids. Like I was a mom who's like, mm-hmm. you want to go to the zoo today? Let's whatever, drop everything. Totally. That. Let's go to the zoo and let's go on an adventure. Let's go on a hike. Um, but then now being on the other side of working on something that is mine, that's I'm growing on my own, then there's guilt. Like it's like this mind game that I think moms play. And just like you said, how, um, whether it's Christian culture or just even in, but how we feel like, well, you're the mom and you're the stay at home mom. So you should just enjoy that and be in that because that's what you were made to be. But sometimes um, I love how. Um, Becky Thompson, another author that we talked about before we got on um, in one of our last podcasts made this comment of like, but we were woman first and we Mm, forget that. I loved that. I listened to that. Mm -hmm. And saying that we forget that there Mm -hmm. is more to us than just being a mom, that that's just one single piece of this whole human that we were made to be. Do your kids love getting mail? I know mine do. Every day they run out to the mailbox, check the mail look for their names and see if there's something that was sent to them in the mail that day. Quite often they come back and tell me, oh, mom, it's more bills or here's some more papers. Do you want me to throw this in the trash? But it is so exciting to them when they get their own mail or even better when it's an entire package with both of their names addressed to them. It makes them so happy and excited. I mean, who doesn't love happy mail? I signed my kids up for Allison Carter Celebrates Memories and Moments boxes. Each month, we get a holiday themed box that's shipped to our door with DIY decor, crafts, activities, table supplies, recipes, and more, and my boys are so excited every month to open up their box and see what fun Allison has created for us that month. The thing that I love about the boxes is that there's no need to collect any extra supplies. If you're gonna need it for the craft or the activity, Allison has put it in the box. So all you need to do is open it and create some amazing memories with your family. And best part, Allison even lets us take credit of being the rockstar moms. You can go to allisoncartercelebrates.com to get your first memories and moments box and use the code busy years to get free shipping on your first box. Again, you can go to Alison dot and use the code busy years. I can't wait to see the fun crafts and activities you and your kids do together.
1: Yeah. I mean, get it. Like that was really the foundational blocks that I had to get back to in terms of my identity is like canceling out who I knew God didn't make me to be, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what on my current responsibility list can I get rid of? Like what is just sucking the life out of me that I can control, that I can say, all right, no. I." And and that, honestly, some of that was guilt. Some of Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, goodbye. Like I'm not going to apologize for who I was made to be and how I was naturally gifted one more day. Like part of that was – how I was able to then lean into recognizing like, like in high I, one thing that I, I had totally forgotten in my story was in high school, I was voted most tenacious and I've always been pretty confident and very much a go getter and motherhood tried to strip me away of all of that. And mm-hmm. I felt like in, in one moment when I was like kind of not arguing with God, but just like crying out to God of like, why, why, why is it like this? Why is this so hard for me? Mm-hmm. felt like I was reminded like i I made you tenacious. I made you a boss. I made you confident. I didn't make you precious and submissive and to do busy toddler from sun up to sundown, and that is good. Mm-hmm. That, that is so good. and I felt like that's what I needed to like. remember and affirm is that even though my journey of motherhood was not necessarily what culture was telling me it should be, it was still good. Mm -hmm. He still made me good. It wasn't on accident. It was on purpose that I was created in these ways. And it's good. Mm -hmm. Mm,
0: yeah. And even just to even think back, like as you're, were, you're were talking about that. And it just made me think of some of my friends who are like, they are amazing stay at home moms. I'm like, I wish I could be you. I could be the Girl Scout leader, the Boy Scout, like I could sew all the things and all that stuff. And that's not me. But I love how you said, but in whatever way that God made you for your motherhood, like it's still good. And he had the plan. And even as you're talking about that, I was thinking like, if you wouldn't have gone through these steps, you would have never been able
1: to write this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got goosebumps because I, I totally agreed, agree. Um, I was just listening to um, a little meditation that I do. I try to do daily right before you and I got on and um, in the meditation, she said his pace is perfect referring to mm-hmm. this. And I, that just really spoke to me because I was like, okay, I, I wanted, I wanted to grab control of the reins of the little years. And I wanted to escape them. Like, I just want out. Goodbye. I don't like this. I'm not good at it. Where's the easy button? Let's move on to the next phase of life. And at the end of the day, I didn't really want to wish away my life. I didn't really want to wish away the little years with my kids. Like, that's really sad when I look back at pictures of my kids when they're teeny tiny and like just would do anything to cuddle with those little babies Mm -hmm. for a minute not really you know (laughs) do the whole thing over again but I didn't want to wish away those days and I fought I fought the journey for so long and it was finally when I was able to come to the end of myself like okay I just need to trust that we're gonna get through Mm -hmm. And this was all on purpose. This was all part of like it's being used for good now. But yeah, I think I w- I wouldn't have written this book, and I wouldn't. I needed motherhood to strip me of kind of the rough edges that I had. Like I I didn't know that I had built my identity and my worth on my accomplishments. Mm. I didn't. I didn't know that that was part of the foundation that i had laid for myself like or that i had a la- allowed laid for me and so i needed i needed to be stripped down for sure it freaking hurt and it sucked yeah. and i haven't arrived i'm not like now mm-hmm. level yeah um, but
0: yeah and sometimes it's just even realizing like it's okay to not have arrived and like we never will arrive because it's always like a constant journey Um, and, but I know that one piece of your book of like you finding this journey, um, that you were on is community. And that was a Mm -hmm. huge piece of your motherhood. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of touch on that and what community meant to you in motherhood and how you talked about it in the book.
1: Yeah. I mean, find your people. Like I said, we don't have, um, family nearby. And so, uh, you know, there was sort of transitioning because we were some of the first to have kids our people that stood by us on our wedding and all of our college friends and everybody was in different phases of life and so we had to really create new friends and thankfully we found a lot of those friends through our church mm-hmm. um, which was fantastic and we had like this big group of of new moms who we were all moms together but you know i've been in, i've i've been a mom now for 10 years like i said and our church has since imploded and disbanded and people have moved and there've been friendship falling outs and you know like real life has happened and yet we still keep fighting for a community mm-hmm. and and so some of the things that i that i talk about in the book are, are lighthearted when it comes to community. We, um, as a family have a very open door type policy. So our friends became our family and Mm -hmm. family is family, but friends are family too for us. Mm -hmm. And so we do orphan holidays every year, you know, the big ones, Thanksgiving, Easter, like we just open our doors and invite, um, whoever doesn't also have family to come over. We have a lot of crappy dinner parties (laughs) because I am not the Pinterest mom, but I want to value, I value time with my people and intentional time with our people. Um, I just don't want to have to clean up for you in order to come. So Mm -hmm. we want to invite the people in, um, mess and all. Yeah. I just, having a third kid. So our youngest now is five. um, And the third kid really did me in like, she really, she was all right. I got got nothing left. And so I stopped caring a long time ago. And I was like, Hey, take it or leave it. We're going to value our people and we're going to invite you in. But just so you know, we're like not going to clean up for you when you come and we're going to give you the leftovers in our fridge and we're going to sit around the table and have a glass of wine and just be normal because I feel like that's where the richness comes from. So we, we celebrate often. We celebrate the little things in the everyday um, and we celebrate the big things too, but our people, our friends, are our family, and that, that comes in seasons too. And that's been Mm a hard, that's been a hard lesson too of just recognizing you've got, Friends of proximity, you've got seasonal friends, you've got your mom, best friends, you've got your middle of the night texters. There's a space and a place for all of them. I think each of those groups or each of those people unlock uh, different parts of you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And none are really like um, better than the other. They're all really needed. Yeah. Community is a big one a big one for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the totally the same way we have um like my grade school there's a six girls, six of us that we're all friends in kindergarten and we call our family the village. The village. Yeah, we're, so we're all still friends, our parents are all still best friends. And so our parents have and, and none of them some maybe had their parents like in town, but really I don't think any of them had like their parents in town. So they always like said one of the moms when her family came from California to visit, she said, I can see why you stay because you have a village and it takes a village to like Mm. raise your kid. And so I so resonate with so much of that because we're all still friends, but it's not like we talk to each other every day, but we do have moms that in the season of when I was just really full-time mom and did nothing else, I had this whole group of moms that were in there and they're still my friends and I still talk to them. But now I have this whole new group of moms who are building businesses and creating things. And we talk to each other about motherhood things, but about business things. And just like you said, every single one of those groups of friends and all my groups of friends have a purpose in a way in my life. And without them, I wouldn't be who I was today.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, friends are everything. I actually was just thinking today about, um, I can't believe that you have the same group of friends from kindergarten. That's insane. And Mm -hmm amazing because a veteran mom friend of mine years ago had told me find your kindergarten moms Mm -hmm. and so when my oldest went to kindergarten I was like hot on the prowl like okay my my one veteran mom friend said I gotta find my kindergarten moms and I think I was like a little zealous (laughs) and like hey want to be my friend want to be my friend but I did I found my kindergarten moms and and since then I've now sent, I've onboarded two kids into school. And I was thinking today about, because I'm a a third time kindergarten mom, my youngest is about to start kindergarten next week. All of those first time kindergarten moms, how are they expected to find friends right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, your kids are going to school, but we're still, we're virtual school and I'll be shocked if we go back to school in person at all. And I was just trying to brainstorm like ways for that, That mom who is going to be the new kid, like Mm -hmm. it, like it sucks to be the new kid. And how, how does she going to, how is she going to find friends in this time and build community and just how important it is to lean on all of those people. And the only thing that I can think of is that it's going to require vulnerability.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's going to be a little bit awkward, especially right now in the middle of, you know, a pandemic and making new friends as a mom is a little bit awkward in general. You're like kind of dating, like feeling each other out. Like, Hey, let's, let's go meet in a public place. Like we'll go to a park where there's like going to be other people in case you're weird. And (laughs) you know, like if it works out, then you could call them back for a second date. Like it's like making friends and like, there's just so many obstacles to overcome, but it requires that vulnerability. like, I mean, that's awesome that you had a built-in group. I moved to a new place, so I had nobody. And I was the new kid in school. And like I said, I was probably a little little clingy. Like, <laughs> who's this new girl? But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is so true how you'd said, like, find your kindergarten friends. Because even though my kids are going to school, we literally have to drive up to the curb and you drop them off and leave. So there is no community building and it was funny the other day as I was driving in and I was like looking at these parents driving in their cars in my mind I was like I wonder if you could be my friend right <laughs> like I wonder yeah, if we yeah. could like I oh I, don't, I don't yeah like oh I don't know you put your mask on as soon as your kid got in the car I don't know if we'd be friends <laughs> like this is the only way that I could like try to rash it like oh like well you have a really cool tattoo maybe <laughs> Friends, like I don't have tattoos does but you? one of my other good friends doesn't like oh you know I like her yeah so it's just interesting yeah. of how this school year has been of trying to already I already knew it would be awkward and different because I'm going into a place where we know nobody really other than a few friends that go to that school and their kids are older but to be like I don't even I mean, with COVID, I don't even really know what goes on in the school. Thank goodness we have an app where I get, like, a picture once a week. Oh, good. You know, and even then, there's still some parents, but it's not like the parents put the profile pictures in the
1: school thing. I want to swipe right on you. How do I yeah. How do I see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. It's so bizarre. I'm making friends in COVID, losing friends in COVID. I mean, like, mm-hmm. COVID is a weird time for community and I think it's been it's been a whole thing Mm -hmm. but for sure I mean having a mask on out in public you don't even like talk to people so now like now we have our phones that distract us when we're standing like just normal casual conversation just doesn't happen anymore Mm -hmm. it's so weird yeah yeah hard but
0: it's it's needed yeah and it's hard it is hard um yeah oh Well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about your book or to tell moms or any last advice of wisdom that you wanted to share with the listeners today?
1: Wish I was a wealth of knowledge or wisdom, but I think, I think what I would just say is, um, you know, for, for the mom who just is struggling, feeling like this season is never going to end. Like, whatever season she's in right now, wondering if this is all there is for her. I would, I would just encourage her that she's doing better than she thinks. Like, oftentimes, we're the hardest on ourselves, and that internal narrative that we're telling ourselves is, is that we're failing, and we yelled at our kids too many times today, and I just think if you even care one little bit, you are doing so much better than you think. And to just rest assured that if you feel like you don't fit, like if you feel like motherhood isn't the easiest thing that you've ever done, that how you were created and who you were created to be is on purpose and that you the exact right mom for your particular kids. You're not the perfect mom. You're not the best mom. You're not the world's most outstanding mom, but you are the right mom Mm -hmm. Is. And you can just rest assured. I wish I, I wish I would have believed that about myself much sooner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It gave me a lot of stress and heartache and anxiety and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: knowing that you're the right mom, that's the perfect advice. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the launch of your book. I am Thank so you. honored that you are on the podcast. If anyone wants to connect with you after the podcast, where can they find you? Where do they get the book? Tell us all the things.
1: Yep. Book is on Amazon. So you can just search more than a mom and it will pop up uh, and you can find me on the social platforms, primarily on Instagram at Ashley underscore Carbo. Yeah. And I'm there.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Michelle. This was fun. I'm excited. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. If you loved this episode, would you take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform? If you're over on Instagram, I would love for you to tag us at the Busy Years Podcast and tag me at Michelle Ann Hagen. I would also love if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode. By doing that, it helps me to be able to create other amazing episodes just like this and help get the word out about this podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me at Michelle Ann Higgin, or you can join our Facebook community called the Busy Years podcast community. You can find that located on my Facebook page, or if you head to the link in my Instagram bios, you will be able to connect to us there. I can't wait to be able to meet you and to put a face to the listener. We'll see you next time, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? that you can take action in the middle of motherhood, I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.